The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. And welcome for another edition of Engaging Truth. Today with us on the program, we have the Reverend Larry Kruger. Uh, Larry's Vice President of Area B, which is the uh, Northeastern Quadrant of Texas District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, a top 10 denomination in the U.S. Welcome to the program, Larry. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. So um, your your background is um, uh, interesting. You, you retired to become a vice president. <laughs> and there's some other aspects of, of your history that uh, have given you a rather unique uh, perspective on on, on serving uh, Christians. Why don't you fill us in on some of your background? Oh, goodness, John. It's, it's, it's varied, that's for sure. Uh, my, my friends always accuse me of not being able to hold a job, but I tend to uh, I tend to put it as trying to follow where God's leading me in my life. I'm, I'm a second career pastor. I, I graduated from the University of Texas, as they say, with a, a fun and play for a BBA in, in management in those days. And and uh, so the pastor path was not one that I was really considering at that time. Uh, God changed my life, my heart, my direction a little later on in life. And lo and behold, suddenly I was at a seminary studying to be a pastor and not really knowing what all that meant, just like you at <laughs> those days. You know, you're doing the study and not knowing what all God has in mind for you. But you know, I, I, in my ministry over the years, served in all kinds of roles, uh, sole pastor, congregation, associate pastor in a congregation, senior pastor of congregation, um, some unique ministries, uh, campus ministry full-time at Texas A&M University, uh, served as uh, assistant to the president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod uh, back when uh, President Kiesnick was president of the Synod. So a lot of different backgrounds, opportunities. Um, I look back on that and you know, you always, in hindsight, you see how God preps you for different things, I believe. And, and my first job out of college was uh, working for Texas Instruments and then ended up working in places in Houston, Texas. And the, the training and the background I got in those days for planning and, and strategic planning um, helped form me and my ministry. And I look back at, uh, particularly in the days, the Office of the President, of how those days of Texas Instruments and just my very pastoral background helped shaped me to what I did there, which was um, convention coordinator for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, with no small task. <laughs> In those days, every three years, it rolled around, and and uh, but all those planning tools and things that I had learned, um, the ability to make spreadsheets was a big was a big plus, and to follow those and, and lead people in that. Um, so that's background, very different campus ministry, as well, very unique. I was it's. Uh, I was a Texas Longhorn graduate serving at Texas A&M University with all those Aggies. I, I, I took liberties in those days of uh, of paraphrasing a few things. You know, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, Greek nor free. You know, I, I, I'm our slave nor free. I'd go, there's neither Aggie nor Longhorn. Well, I learned <laughs> that, that that you can't really use that one a lot because, boy, there's a difference. But you know what? I Boy, I love those Aggies. I love my Aggies there. And and uh, I think they learned to appreciate a little about this about this Longhorn boy at the time too. So, 
Yeah, kind of kind of an interesting background. And now now VP, I really appreciate you saying I retired to be a VP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the people ask me what what's it like in retirement? I said, I'll tell you when I really ever do. And yeah. um, as a vice president, you know, really we serve at the pleasure of the district president of the Texas district and and so that puts us into situations of ordinations and installations, really great fun celebratory days and and um, you know also helping uh, congregations helping in helping pastors who look to the old guy I know this is on radio so you can't see the gray hair on my head but you know in the old days I would talk to the old guys now the young guys are talking to me as an old guy you know and, and uh, a lot of joy in that and I get to do guest preaching around and uh, so yeah, that's kind of the background. Again, still can't hold a job, so <laughs> might as well retire, right? So anyway, that's 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 me. That's that's in a nutshell who I am and and how I got to where I am today. Well, about how many uh, uh, congregations are in this quadrant of the Texas district? Oh goodness gracious, ran 120. I have 12 circuits in in my circuit. I mean, in my area. Uh, by the way, uh, area B, like you said, northeast that can, uh, covers the DFW metro. Uh, we're not as large as the as the that area down there where, where you live. <laughs> oh no, wait, you're in my area. I forgot. You no, yeah. used to be in the Houston area. I still get that confused. But you know, it's not it's not as the population is big. But I but I actually have more circuits than they do in the Harris County and Houston area in that in that area down there. So yeah. So so what does this uh, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? Maybe we should pause for a second and define synod. But what, yeah. what does the uh, the LCMS offer in this well, I, COVID you know, world. Yeah, I, again, I've had a unique perspective of having worked in the office of the president and now as a vice president in the, in this role and and uh, then just in general, just as parish pastor, you know, in, in those kinds of things. I, you know, I, I've observed a lot of things, of course, worldwide, internationally, and, and, and nationally, and district now, I stay at Texas and in area, you know, my area particularly, but I, as I, you know, over the years, you know, again, I'm going to rely on my gray hair a little bit. I, I, I think that we have a unique message for the, from the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate and, and a unique position to, to serve in our culture. Um, of course, one of the main things we have is law gospel. I, I don't know how, to, you know, we, we talk about law gospel. Everybody's got it. It's just the way we label it, I think. But, you know, we, we really try to distinguish between law and gospel. And define that a little bit. Yeah, the law. Law we look in in scripture the things that that God commands us to do. Um, you know, more a little more theologically, we used to talk about three uses: the law, the curb, which is that which we see generally in culture. Um, mirror. We look at scripture. We see our sin, and the mirror shows that shows us that. And then the guide, which is then the guide leads us how shows how to leave our lead our lives. And that's always after the gospel breaks in. Gospel being that which you know, we've received from God uh, the grace of God, the love of God in Christ Jesus. The, the the heart of the gospel message, of course, is Jesus Christ, him crucified, him risen, his living, all the promises that we have wrapped in that through the forgiveness of sins that we received through Jesus. So we talk about those things, and and I think that perspective is is really good good for the world. I, I interview, part of my vice president job is to interview guys that are interested in enrolling in the seminary and we interview guys that have come from other denominations as well as guys from Lutheran background. But one of the things that I hear 
constantly, man, John, constantly I hear this from, from the guys that are coming from other denominations is, is they talk about how they, they hear the gospel clear, hear about forgiveness and know that it's not based on anything they've done, that it's, that's truly a free gift from God, just like, just like Paul wrote it in Ephesians, right? You know, Ephesians 2, you know, it's a, it's a gift of God, not, not on anything we've done. And they talk about that, how about that changed their lives. And I, you know, I grew up Lutheran, so I've, I guess I've always kind of known this. But when I hear other guys talking about that, that, that really strikes me as, as what a gift we have to offer the world. And then the, the other thing they talk about a lot is, is our scriptural basis. Uh, they come into the churches and, and they hear scripture read and scripture taught and scripture preached. Uh, one guy interviewed put it this way. He said, I got tired of hearing high-rise sermons. And I said, what do you mean high-rise sermons? He said, one story on top of another. Mm. He said, that's all I was hearing in the church where I was. Yeah. One story on top of another. And he said, I suddenly I got into the Lutheran church, and and that's a whole, another whole story from that guy's background. But he said, man, you were preaching the scriptures. You're preaching the word. And I went, wow, what a great, what a great gift. <laughs> what a great thing to say. And and to hear for me, you know, and and I thought we really have that. We have that for for the world, and and, and God reveals Himself in the Scriptures. Um, the the other thing, there's you know really two things I think when I think what we have to offer the world. Of course, it's law and gospel, and especially the gospel, man. Right? Law beats on people every day. They just might not know that it's the law. Gospel frees us. The other thing I think that's unique for us is our uh, our two kingdom theology, and I. And for those out there listening who don't know what that means, it means we, we believe there's the, the kingdom that, that's really more the civil realm, the government realm, and those kind of things, and the kingdom that's the church realm, the kingdom of God. And you hear a lot of, you know, these days about separation of church and state, church and state. Luther was all about that. <laughs> not that. Not that as a Christian person you can't be involved in the affairs of the state, but that the state should do the things they do and the church should do the things they do. And we're in the business of, of forgiveness and grace and offering new life through Jesus Christ. Man, that doesn't come through the state. No. <laughs> that doesn't come through the government. And I think the, the, the problem I see a lot in culture is that where the church gets that confused, they want the government to do their job and enforce and, and bring people to Christ, lead them to Christ. That's not their job. Their job is to provide civil, civil laws keep orderly civilization. Church's job is to preach the gospel that changes people's lives. Um, I've yet to see a law change somebody's life. <laughs> Not for the better. <laughs> Not for the better. You know, it might fear them. It might bring fear in their lives. It might terrorize them, but it doesn't change. And that change comes from within. And I believe that's the gospel that changes people. And that's something I think we have unique to offer uh, from the LCMS from Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Yeah. So, so what is that clear message? Let's let's just talk about that clear message that that we're known for. Wow, we, I, you know, John, I these days I have got certain things, kind of certain mantras that I like to talk about, and, and one of those is the message. And the first thing I'd bring on that is is uh, what's the message that Jesus gave, right? I, you go into Matthew and you go into Mark, and you see where Jesus begins his public ministry. And and he says, repent and believe in the gospel. You know, 
we talk about where are we going to talk about Jesus, going to teach about Jesus. I think I think we really need to teach what Jesus taught, right? And the first one was repent and believe in the gospel. That's his first message. And we get we get to that. And what is repentance? Well, you know, I don't this, I don't think this is going to be a full theological excerpt, you know, excursion here. But you know, we're going to talk about you know repent. That's that law part that shows us our sin. We see that we're not right before God and 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 we repent of that. We we see that we're going the wrong direction, and we see that, and we say, God, forgive me for for what I've done. I'm, I'm not doing things, the things that are pleasing in your sight. And so that that repentance is first, and of course, the repentance is followed by the forgiveness of God. Uh, again, in in you know in God's word, you, you you confess your sins. God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I mean, it's it's really clear. So that message of repentance is there. Uh, in fact, when you go, Luther's, Lutherans are known for, you know, named after Martin Luther, something he didn't really want us to be called. He wanted us to be all called Texans. I know what he really wanted us to be called. But anyway, <laughs> the, that's my little Texas bias coming in there. But, you know, Luther, 95 Theses, we make a big deal about that time of the Reformation. First one, first Thesis was Christian life is a life of repentance. What, what, where did Luther get that from? He got that from Jesus, <laughs> you know? And so I think that's that's a that's a, that first part of that message of of repent and believe in the gospel and talk, you know, talked about the gospels, good news of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. I think another another thing that we have to offer is and, and this is, you know, I'm talking about Lutheran church because that's what I am, but I, you know, any Christian can grab hold of this, right? I mean, that's God's word. Another thing I think is so important that we teach and is what Jesus gave us the great commandment, love love one another. You know, Jesus was asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. And he said, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus said, go, go love your neighbor. Go love people. And that's that love that's motivated again because of God's great love for us. Right? We love because God first loved us, scriptures teach us that. And so we do that and we we love in a manner that's that's genuine, that's not put out there because, you know, I'm going to get some reward for this or I'm going to, you know, show people how good I am or anything like that. It's just genuine love and care for people. And that goes so far in, in just sharing the gospel, to just being God's presence in this world. One of the, my last congregation I served was, was St. Paul Lutheran Church in Bell Mead, which is suburb Waco and and uh, you know one of the things when I got there as pastor we put together a little visioning task force and kind of said what are we going to be what are we going to be what's our focus in this community what are we going to do and a part of that came out as we wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community and and that was motivated by God's love for people for us first and then for the people of our of our, of our community and I'm, you know, we weren't perfect at that. I, you know, I'm not going to say we were, but you know, we really made an effort to care for people, to love people, to show God's love to others around us. And so, I think that's a great message that we have, and a great thing to do um, in response to God's love for us is to love our neighbors, ourselves, and really do that. Um, another thing I think that we, you know, bring to the forefront is is you know then the great commission uh, it, you know, from matthew 28 go therefore make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything and command you. And then Jesus comes and, and you know, here's the deal. You know, lo, I'll be with you always. And that, that started out with all authority has been given me. So he's given us authority to go and, and do those things. But I, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a passion. That's a, that's a heartbeat. The, my, my personal story of, of going to seminary was because of God's great love for me. And I wanted other people to know God's great love for them. And I'm passionate about that. <laughs> that I, I don't know any other reason to exist as the church. There's no other reason for me to exist as a church. Of course, there's the community and these kind of things, but but we are here to to reach out and to tell other people about Jesus and His great love for them, and make other followers of Jesus so that they can they can know the great love that I know in my life. And that that's really a passion. John, I remember, you know, talking about I remember years ago coming into your congregation when you were down at, at, in Houston and y'all y'all were crazy enough to ask me to come down and do a seminar. Man, I I don't know. I don't y'all must have had some money to throw around or something, you know. I don't know what you, but this was when my days when I was at Texas AM. And I I'd done a lot of work in, you know, in those days of, of spiritual gifts, identifying spiritual gifts and you know, how to how do you put your spiritual gifts to work in a church and this kind of thing. And I I'd done a lot of work, but I remember coming to your church, John, and 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 talking about spiritual gifts. That's what we were talking about. But I I, I added another component in that. I said, I think, you know, we can do all this. We can look at all these things. But I think these gifts really come into play when you're passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, that's the bottom line. What are you passionate about? Yeah, when you're passionate about it, you can't stop. You can't stop. The Apostle Paul, you know, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel, right? He was passionate about what what he knew about Jesus and passionate about telling it to others. And I believe that's that's wow, that's so key. And when pain people are passionate about something, they really they really develop that and go after it and, and continue to, to work at it. So do you have any stories about being the hands and feet of Jesus in Waco? What, oh, what wow, does that look goodness. like? What, what does that mean? What does that look like? Goodness gracious, we we one of the things that we figured out in our community. One of the things we did first in that community was look around and see what's what's God already doing. You know, sometimes God is already doing things, and you just need to come alongside and 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 jump in, do this, you know, get going with that. So one of the things we did, we we formed a lot of partnerships with with people in the community. One of those was Shepherd's Heart, which was they fed people, they food for people. We Bell Mead, Bell Mead was my church in Bell Mead was located right on the interstate. Interstate 35. And so we had a lot of people come by, you know, uh, transient folks, homeless people, uh, different things like that. And one of the things I wanted to make sure nobody left hungry. <laughs> nobody left hungry. We had a we had a senior service at our church on on, on uh, noon once a month. And and the senior service was always a service, and then there would be a luncheon afterwards. Every now and then, some homeless folks would you show up at the door and go, "You hungry?" And go, "Yeah." I said, "Come on in, <laughs> come on in, sit down. We're gonna we're gonna give you a great meal here and things." And it's interesting how some of those things would develop. You get to you start getting personal relationships with people. We had a guy one time. He 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 had a job lined up, a job interview lined up. Needed to clean up. Come on in, man. Come on in. Shave. You know, do the best you can in the bathroom. Clean up. 
you know, get go to the job. He got the job. That was so exciting to hear, you know, uh, those kind of things happen. But, you know, feeding people, Shepherd's Heart, they, we, we cooperated with them. We, you know, we, we distributed food on our parking lot. They still do that there. It, they do they do different places in the city, but once a month was our parking lot. So we're out there, you know, I'm talking to people, talking to people about, you know, we need to pray for you. Just sharing the message of Jesus with people as they're in the line because they're trapped, man. They're not going anywhere, you know. You got a chance to talk to people and, and and a lot of times just encourage. A lot of times that car would pull out of the line at the end and we just stand there and talk and pray with each other and, and move on from there. I got involved with the uh, Chamber of Commerce locally. And uh, there was no secret. I came in, I said, I'm the Lutheran pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church. You know, you know who I am and those kinds of things. And and that led to just many conversations of, of, of God and, and Christ being in people's lives and opening prayers for chamber of commerce meals and, and uh, being those things. Um, we led to um, being involved in the uh, Bellmead Christmas Parade. Bellmead Christmas Parade. They had a Christmas Parade, hadn't done it in years. We went and scoped it out. So we decided, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to hand out, but I think we bought 500 arch books, the little Christmas gospel books, you know, to hand out as we went along the path. We ran out. We ran out 500 books, 500 kids at the Christmas store going in their houses. We put together a float that was the, uh, you know, just depicting a manger scene. You know what? We were the only one in the parade. We were the only Christian float in the parade. Just witness gospel, uh, doing those kinds of things. We, I would, I had people come to the door. People talk about. I say, if God opens the door, right, walk through it. We had people come to the door and say, "We're we're looking for somebody to help with this." I said, "Come in." Pretty soon, we were involved in that ministry or doing something in the in the community. And I think a lot of times God puts things right in front of you. You just have to see them. Yeah. Just have your eyes wide open and say. God, I'm willing to walk. I'm willing to take the step. You know, if, you, if you're not willing to step out of the boat, right? Yeah, sometimes you might sink. You might get afraid of the wind and the waves, right? Peter learned the lesson, didn't he? But that, that word willing, yeah. Yeah, can't be afraid to take the step. Yeah, can't be afraid to take the step. Larry, uh, we've just got maybe three minutes to go here. Uh, can you uh, give us a little bit of uh, this nature of hope that the world is hungry for and um, isn't finding in the world. Let's focus on hope a little bit. Hope, wow. You know, our hope is in Christ. That's the bottom line. I think I think a lot of people look at the world around us these days. And what do you, I mean, what do you see in mainstream media? Man, it is gloom and despair. It is it is fear. It is all of these kinds of things. I, I read surveys about where's the church going. I say about the church decline and these kind of things. But I am hopeful. I am hopeful, man. I, I worked a lot with college students. I see the young people. They are passionate about their faith in Christ. Christianity is not going anywhere, man. The, the, God is alive and at work in his people. I was intrigued by the recent news of the you know, the spiritual awakenings going on in college campuses. Man, that just that just made me tick a little bit. You know, I was going, man, you know, see what God is doing in, in his spirit. And and I, I'm hopeful. I see I see new church plants going in in our church body, especially I see in my own area the things. And I know things are happening all around Houston. Yes, yeah, here in Texas, uh, you know, our uh, new church plants, many of them are different uh, ethnic groups uh, in in all you know big cities, little cities, urban, uh, rural. You have any stories about that? Well, I, I have. Well, in in the DFW area, there's a there's a church planting uh, network. 
it's called expansion and and I get inspired by the the people that God is raising up within within that group to lead others and they're just inspiring stories about what God is doing in their lives how God is reaching people that they're witnessing to and man I they are on fire for the Lord I don't I don't know the right word, but <laughs> I don't want the logical word. I just don't fire for the Lord. It's a Pentecost thing going on, man. It, it is something to see the Spirit of God working in their lives. Well, thank you, Larry, for being with us, being with our listeners, offering your words of encouragement and our Lord's encouragement to our uh, human life. Join us again real soon for another edition of Engaging Truth. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.